Hello and welcome to Postgres FM, weekly show about all things PostgreSQL. I am Michael, founder of PG Mustard. This is my co-host Nicola, founder of Postgres AI. Hey Nicola, what are we talking about today? Hi Michael, your turn. Yes, so you chose this topic. We're going to go deeper into self-hosting Postgres. and some... Self-hosting Postgres. Yeah. Right. We absolutely. had an episode uh, number two, last yeah. three, more than one year ago, and we just we compared managed versus self-managed, right? Self-managed, self-hosted, is it the same or no? Well, good question. What are we including? There is difference. You know, there is difference, which probably right now is not visible yet, but it might be might, might become more visible over time in the future. What I mean, in the past we had the model, before clouds, we had the model when, for example, Oracle was selling for different, like Microsoft was selling databases, as like kind of box, right? You you have software, you pay for the license, but you then you need to install it yourself, probably, right? And so on. You, it's like self-hosted, self-managed, but then cloud model showed that there's a new way. You don't manage it. You have only SQL connection. You cannot even run top. You don't mm-hmm. host, you don't manage. But what if we think you can host yourself, but allow others, I mean, the vendor, for example, manage it remotely. I think it's possible, and I think several companies are already experimenting with this approach. So I would distinguish self-hosted and self-managed. But today I think we can discuss mostly the case when they, when we have self-hosted and self-managed. So we, can, we want to install purely open solution to our servers on-premise or in cloud, and then deal with all the troubles yeah great point i think self-managed is is a better definition then because we don't care if it's on the cloud still do we it's it's the fact we're having to manage it ourselves that's important to this cool right right so where to start and uh, let's let's uh, warn our audience that we will have two sides of discussion technical and less technical non-technical and technical will be let's discuss what kind of tasks do you need to solve and which tool probably you need to use and challenges, technical challenges. And second is less technical about probably where the market is moving and why we don't have what I described, uh, like self-hosted but, but managed by some other company so you can offload this responsibility to, to some experts and don't grow in-house expertise. Right, and probably the second discussion, we can just touch it because it's a bigger topic and let's focus more on technical side, but definitely let's touch the second side as well. Yeah, absolutely. Great, so should we start with the more technical, like what the kinds of things that if you're choosing to manage it yourself, the kind of things you have to think about? Yeah, let's consider what is Postgres. Postgres is uh, quite good. Postgres is a very bad database system, very bad database system, but the others are just worse. <laughs> okay, you know, I haven't like, heard that before. Well, it's from England, it's a Churchill saying about democracy, so I just rephrased sure. it. Right. Actually, I, I, I see so many bad things about Postgres, so many, that I can claim this and prove it. But other database systems are definitely worse. But the thing what I'm trying to say right now, Postgres is not a product. It's just one of the pieces you need. It's a core 
it's like engine of your car, right? But you need also wheels, you need the trunk and seats, belts, and so on. I think the the core idea is really important. I think a lot of comparisons I've seen are to like the Linux kernel, but I also think of it a bit of as like a platform. You can use it on its own, but it's much better if you've added things to it. So I I you think can, it's. Uh, you cannot use it on your own. You cannot use it on your own. I mean, it's it's nonsense. Uh, it's like uh, you you don't you don't put data to files, right, and deal with synchronization. You you want SQL somehow. You you know you want SCID, but uh, it's obvious you want auto failover. You want backups, backup verification, uh, pooling because Postgres lacks the, all of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, it lacks some of them, and some of them, it's it, there are better tools available. I agree. So, back, that, actually, backups is a great place to start because that feels like something everybody's going to want. Exactly, backups is probably should be like number zero always. And I had a discussion a couple of days ago with my old friend who was self-managed, but recently they moved to RDS. Mm-hmm. They don't like some things, and they also, of course, don't like price because it doubles. Mm-hmm. The, roughly doubles the costs compared to also AWS, but Mm self-hosted. They like some things like, uh, I don't know, like doesn't matter. But I asked him what is number one reason why they moved on on RDS. And he said the constant fear of having issues with backups is number one reason. So backups, you are right, should be number one. And but not only we we know unverified backup. There, there are two mantras. There, there are two mantras around backups. Dump is not backup. First mantra and second unverified ba- backup is not a backup. It's a Schrodinger's backup. So you need to verify your backups. You need to test them always. And moving to RDS gives you some confidence that backups are fine. You don't see verification signals that back you see backups are created good you know point in time recovery is implemented there and you can use it you don't see verification tests like yeah. results of the tests of those backups you don't see you don't have the list of okay this backup is verified but at on, on, at the same time you know that you can trust rds backups because you know rds is very popular people are not complaining so it feel it feels like you can trust backups RDS has, right? But if you're self-hosted, you need to use some tool to have full-fledged physical backups uh, with point-in-time recovery to minimize RPO, RTO. We, I, I'm not going to to clarify RPO, RTO here because we had an episode about it as well. Mm-hmm. And you need to test them. And testing is super important that it requires effort because... For example, for Volge, I don't know if testing capabilities exist out of the box. For PG backrest, probably they exist. And the fact that we have multiple backup solutions for Postgres means that Postgres lacks something. What, what does Postgres lack? Postgres is not a product, it's just an engine. It's not a product. You need to productize it yourself if you need to self-manage. And the more databases you are going to have, our last episode about sharding and also microservices approach. If you need just a few databases, probably you can be okay and do some manual stuff. But if you are going to have hundreds of databases, you need uh, very good automation 
Yeah. This is what I mean, productize. You need uh, some scripts, buttons, API, CLIs to to make Postgres to play well together with Volgi or PGBcrest or something else, or maybe you can live without them, but it's harder because they provide some functionality Postgres doesn't have. I think I think the key thing you said was point, if you want point-in-time recovery, which most people do. Or- I'd, like, do, do you want transactions? Some people can say we can live without transactions. Okay, you can live without point-in-time recovery until you have some issue, and then you are very like sad because you don't you didn't think about in advance. Of course, everyone needs point-in-time recovery. But I think that's why I think it's worth explaining. That's, that's why you're saying Postgres doesn't include backups because it doesn't include a point-in-time recovery solution. No, 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 no. It includes point-in-time recovery, but it, you can think about it like Postgres has like API for it. Uh, like the PG-based backup, you mean? Yeah, it has recovery target LSN. It has <laughs> some configuration. It has some handles, but you need something that will use it. Like an interface. Right. Of course, we know Postgres doesn't have UI, right? So yeah. I'm not sp- talking about UI here, but of course it would be good to have UI. Like you open and see backups, you can navigate them, you can search, you can understand which backups failed probably. Like you, you receive also, you have monitoring, you have alerts. This is needed actually. And Postgres doesn't have it itself. It has only, it exposes some API, so to, so to mm-hmm. speak, right? But some additional tool needs to, automated and this is exactly what WallG by the way WallG also doesn't have alerts and and monitoring and UI and so on and it has quite interesting CLI which probably is not excellent and sometimes you need to do the math yourself taking two LSNs and understanding how much for example barman would say okay yesterday we generated two terabytes of wall WallG doesn't say it you need to to take to LSNs and go do the math. Okay, so I mean, it takes some features here, right? But at least it, it implements uh, this automation for backups and it handles all the things so you can just uh, work in CLI. You probably want UI for it and you probably, you definitely want uh, monitoring and alerts. Yeah, and, and I think you mentioned something right at the beginning that doesn't always get mentioned, which is, so you need to set up backups but you also need to set up testing so restoring yes. and doing some checks to make sure your data is is there and not corrupt yeah. and working as expected yes and i know while uh, pg has uh, better has something for testing wallg doesn't have like special command to test and also pg has check some verification for backups great so you probably need to take care of it yourself to have some periodical drops. If you're in cloud, it's easier. You can start some machine and uh, temporarily, maybe even a spot instance of understanding that you can lose it just for budget saving. And you can restore there and then report and get rid of it. By the way, reporting here is very interesting because sometimes restoration takes longer. So reporting and for example if it fails it won't report so we need additional system which will report if backup is not created by by some time of a day which which we know it should be already created by like so, a, if you heard the phrase dead man switch that kind of thing yes and this is such service exactly mm-hmm. this name dot uh, com right so you can use that as external tool which uh, will tell you that backup didn't come in, on schedule 
and you can also additionally add some uh, corruption checks there and so on. So it's it's not a trivial thing. And uh, if you want product, this is exactly what RDS provides you, right? Or other yeah. managed services. But they hide uh, testing jobs. Probably, the, the, well, I think they don't test each backup, of course, because it's too expensive. But they should test it occasionally, some of them, and have some coverage to understand if everything works well or not after they change some things in backup pipelines so it's not simple topic at all and it touches also monitoring and alerting which is like global thing for all things you will need it and there is no we know i like to say there is no ideal monitoring yet for postgres doesn't exist unfortunately especially if you consider only open source you will deal with a lot of things missing in a standard postgres exporter for, for prometheus and then visualization is, sucks always. I mean, dashboards in open source tools, I don't see any very good solution and so on. Well, and, and you mentioned an important thing, even in the, the, the open source ones, the alerting is never included, right? Like that's, that's sometimes really important. Like imagine what a, a common failure case is running out of disk space. You need an alert on that. Like you of need course, an alert on simple the, alert. Yeah. So, Great point. I'm scared of time. We've already, of how we've many already discussed we've... at least half of year of hard work for a couple of people if they want to be prepared to run hundreds of nodes. But like, I, I'm afraid if we continue, someone will say, oh, it's so hard. Okay, convinced I'm going to buy RDS. But this is not the goal I, I, I wanted to pursue at all. So <laughs> so I, I'm a big fan of self-hosted. Mm-hmm. But you can you can start with simple versions of these, right? S- set up simple testing, set up simple monitoring. Uh, sorry, backup testing, set up simple monitoring. Yeah, the simplest monitoring is probably just net data. It's like one line, and you have already something quite well covered. And it's Postgres plugin is being developed quite well. I see. It's not perfect. It it lacks a lot of stuff, but it's already something, and it can provide you system level like host stats monitoring uh, and postgres plugin like it's a very good thing bpf it has as well like something if we continue we will need like an hour to yeah i know to list all things we need like let's probably walk very fast other must have components if if you want to self-managed backups auto failover of course right we had we, we discussed it many times like just use patron and that's it uh, yeah other options are available but that's the tried and trusted one isn't it yeah um, what else you've mentioned major upgrades already i think there's a couple of settings that are really important when you're first setting up we did a whole episode on configuration but there's a couple that require restarts that it'd be quite helpful to have on from the start so yeah check, making sure you've checked your config because you're not getting that set up for you and they're quite conservative by default or a couple of the settings aren't very sensible by default for most setups checksums you talked about enabling those like things like that i'm check uh, automation actually i'm check automation is very important i recently saw um, that one hosting provider which provides managed postgres it's not the biggest one it's somewhere in europe they use Zalando operator and we have a client who uses them. Mm-hmm. And this hosting provider somehow screwed up some migrations or upgrades. So thanks to Postgres 15 uh, warnings about collation changes, 
it was detected that many indexes, bitter indexes, got corruption. And you need uncheck. And you need to automate uncheck uh, with heap all indexed. To, because we, I, I recently told you, I discovered uncheck also is able to check heap. So you can check both bit indexes and heap. This is great. So corruption checks should be automated and just should be a button. I want to check and see if I have some issues, right? Yeah. In the spirit of running through a few more quickly, extensions. Mm -hmm. So like PGStat statements won't be on by default. Mm -hmm. So things like that that would require restart are worth checking if you've got them on from the start. And that will help on the monitoring front, of course. And the big one that gets brought up a lot as well is a connection pooler. If yeah, if you're yeah, gonna yeah. if you're anticipating you're gonna have it or gonna need a few hundred connections, and we are going to have connection pooler war in in or at least battles in the upcoming years because several teams develop alternative solutions and it, it's becoming more interesting. So yeah, uh, connection pooler is I think also should be included. What did I miss? Well, you missed a lot of things. For example, index automation, uh, getting rid of bloat, bloat control, some uh, health check uh, tooling like to, to see uh, do we have unused indexes, index maintenance. We had an episode yeah. about it. You, it, it, it. It's great to have some automation and tooling for it. And it's not, when I say it's great, it means 99% of people will need it eventually. Yeah, Especially and, and not just self-hosted. Not just self-managed. Of course, You're yes. Currently, you need this everywhere, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know any good provider which has it already. Not yet, no. Right. You probably need something to help your developers with, if you have developers, backend engineers, with queue pattern in database. Probably, like, for example, you could install PGQ, but it feels old and outdated. There are other solutions which you probably would like to, to use. And probably it's another component if it has some additional pieces you need to install, right? Yeah, new one just came out recently, didn't it? Right. You, need, you probably need PG Vector or PG Embedding as well, extension, which is, which is super on. popular. Well, it's not a joke. A lot of companies right now try to adapt LLM into their technological stack. So if you're a Postgres user, why not? And PG Vector is, uh, is receiving this uh, HNSW, uh, new algorithm, yeah. new type of index, Indexing. And, yeah. which is better for high dimensional vectors and PG embedding has it from beginning. So there are many things we can talk about. Log analysis, very important, can be considered as a part of monitoring, but yes. Not only, yeah. Because many things that are quite important aren't logged by default. So yeah, settings are right. conservative there as well. But what if not only you don't want to develop everything, but you also don't want to play a Lego game? What are the options? I see two big options here. One is uh, become the fan of Kubernetes and start using one of numerous operators. And it's great to have alternatives already it's lambda operator uh, crunchy operator and uh, stagress which uh, stagress feels uh, more like product more pieces like bundled together and so on they don't provide a SaaS, so they don't care about SaaS right now uh, while and actually Solando also doesn't care about SaaS, and but they develop for their own, their internal needs while crunchy has bridge so interesting 
to think about how complete is solution is and licensing also, right? So it's an interesting area. I think, this is, I think you're missing something. I think there is like a quite an interesting trade-off here because some of the reasons you might have wanted to self-manage in the first place, you might lose if you go down one of those routes. An example you brought you up. I think was, yeah, let's say you go, let's say you pick Stackgress or you want, let's say you're considering Stackgress, but you want timescales, timescale licensed features. Uh, I don't think you can have that right now. Like, you whereas if you self... I think they only support the Apache ver Apache 2 version. I'm not sure. You should check. Probably I did check. Have. Okay. Okay. But, but what I can, mean is you if you're self-managed, you can install that. So like, if you want full control of the extensions you install and you don't want the operators to control that, there's an interesting trade-off there. I think you can have... If, if you can have it at all, you can have it in Staggers as well. I thought you said they controlled which extensions you can even install ah yeah you are right then this this i don't like by the way it should be fully open but it's hard to implement and so on. yeah yeah yeah. so i agree postgres is philosophy is extensibility openness open source everything and you not only you should be able to install any extension including that extension you developed yesterday yourself right why not so I mean, you're bringing up the philosophical question. I'm talking about in practice. In practice, uh, if I want PG embedding, but it's not yet available, Stagris has hundreds of extensions supported. It's great. Mm -hmm. But I think it should be changed somehow to be fully open. And I discussed it with them, but somehow we have slightly different views here. So my idea, it should be fully open, fully open, a anywhere. If, it, if it's purely like Postgres style product. But also you should be able to recompile Postgres if needed. Why not? Sometimes I want to change some constant in the source code and recompile or add some like things to what I want to have. But it's a very good question. Is it possible? In Stagris probably it's not yet possible. I know they think about it. I'm not sure about other Postgres operators. Is it possible to use a different Postgres image to change it? I think it should be possible. You should change source code and start using it. This will mean it's true Postgres product. Well, but this is kind of what I meant, that some of the reasons people might be self-managing in the first place might prevent them using one of these if there's a limitation currently. So it's yeah. a, I think it's a really interesting point that we're kind of, you kind of move towards no longer being self-managed at that point. If they're managing a lot of those things for you, if they've got a lot of those automation things in place, maybe you get a lot of those benefits again, but I'm just asking if there are, if there are downsides too. Right, and I think there should be some route where I can use defaults, which are very well tested and prepared by vendor of this product, developer mm -hmm. of this product. Probably I, I will be paying for support of this if I want to offload some work, right? But if I need to deviate and I have engineers who can recompile Postgres, for example, if it's very needed, right? Or switch to version which is like, I don't know, like 16 beta 3, which is out a few days ago, but they don't have it yet. It should be possible for purely open source product to switch to it. There should be some way to install an extension, recompile, switch to new version, it should be possible. In this case, it's great and it's it's fully open approach. 
But what if I don't want Kubernetes as well? I know like it's easy to get Kubernetes from cloud, but what if I want to run everything on my servers and managing Kubernetes is it's a very big task as well. So in this if case already, yeah. In this case I think we also have some new trends which probably will give my idea development. So my idea again like to have Managed services, managed Postgres providers, they showed how a good product can be built on top of Postgres. Mm-hmm. They did it. Great. But they are not open. They are proprietary. For example, as I tweeted a few days ago, show me the source code defining RDS super user. We don't know how it is defined. Being able to check source code is essential for me as a, a specialist or as an engineer because sometimes document, I lack things in documentation. I don't mm-hmm. want to go to provider and play the game. Like if a good support engineer uh, who yeah, knows yeah. things or no, I spend days uh, trying to reach expertise. I would just look at source code and understand how it works give it to me but they don't open it it's it's proprietary software so and many many managed service providers do the same some of them already use publicly available open uh, operators uh, for kubernetes good but in this case at least i know where to look at for example the same guys where we talked about uh, corruption i said it's probably related to operational system switch and i immediately had idea like what's happening there? I immediately found a pull request in uh, Spilo, which is uh, used by Zalando operator. Spilo is a container image which includes Postgres, all major versions for major upgrades and so on. And I, I found they they recently switched to uh, one Ubuntu to different Ubuntu, which is probably the reason yeah. of corruption, right? Yeah. And they have some flag to bring locales from old Ubuntu some hack, interesting hack, and actually Kukushkin mentioned it in private discussions. That's why I, I actually knew where to look at. But interesting that this flag is disabled by default, and I guess that provider forgot to enable it. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a corruption control, as I mentioned, everyone should have it yeah. for, for B3s, and uh, they had corrupted indexes. So, And I just immediately sent this line of code to my client saying go to your provider and just show them this line and this pull request and that's it this is the power of open source you just read the code understand what's happening under the hood and if you use managed service provider you don't have it so self-managed consisting of purely open source components is, has this power full transparency what's happening inside if, if you have engineering skills you can tweak it and fix it and contribute back actually and so on so question is, can we have same level of convenience as RDS provides, but fully on open source components, but and also without Kubernetes? I, I, I mean, Kubernetes is great. If you, can, if you already have it, it's, it makes sense to continue extend it to databases. But if you either move away from Kubernetes, I already know some teams who move away from Kubernetes, or you just want to avoid it, do we have anything which would provide same level of convenience. And I know two, two pro- three products already, maybe three, I don't know. First is Vitaly, who works with me, has product PostgreSQL cluster, open source product, MIT license. It's uh, just Ansible playbooks, which easily install Postgres, PGBcrest or WallG, PGBouncer, monitoring like NetData or PGWatch2, and what else? Timescale is just a flag. 
right? And many, many other things. And it's just a snippet which installs on any server. Patroni, of course. Patroni, PGBounce, I mentioned, right? So it will, it will install it uh, to multiple nodes and you have cluster uh, H with HA characteristics, with backups. I think it lacks backup verification. This is like, it should be solved, but it's solvable. And this already is an alternative to RDS without Kubernetes, which very good thing, right? So I would like to explore if this project can be improved and be used like by more people who, it's an interesting project, I think. And I, I don't like Ansible output because you either have very verbose, so it's very outdated. Ansible CLI feels very outdated. It's either very verbose or it, it provides you some steps and you don't know what's happening right now. No progress indication and so on. But I think it's also solvable. So I think this is a very interesting project for those who want self-hosted to have everything bundled, like one product mm -hmm. and without Kubernetes. It's, but I think it's also not product again because it lacks some Things like this backup verification. It likes UI, for example. But it's possible. It already saves a lot of effort if you want to yeah. go self-hosted without Kubernetes. If you mentioned you knew a few products. What were the yeah. other two? I just discovered Superbase, went to monorepo approach, and they have everything under Apache 2.0, meaning that they have control plane. They call it dashboard, right? Or okay. I don't remember. Right. So control plane, you have UI, you have automation, you can install it yourself and have Superbase. Superbase is also a bundle, it's a product. They also play this productized game. Mm -hmm. They play a Lego game for you, so you have all components of your car, not only engine. So it's Postgres, it's uh, what else? Like they have pooler, definitely they have their own pooler. They have additional components which... Uh, are more oriented for backend and front-end engineers. It's uh, API using PGBcrest. Oh, sorry, Postgres, REST there and here. But yeah. in PGBcrest, REST means restore. Here it means uh, REST API. So yeah. PGBcrest, also additional components, uh, real-time to, to make it feel like Firebase. So if change happens in database, it, you can easily propagate it to application and authentication and so on so you can use them your own on self-hosted and this is a well-tested solution as well at the same time i discovered a few months ago they don't have ha so they, don't, they didn't have standbys i think they should already solve it by now I, i'm not sure did you mention there might be a th there was a third one third one is probably a new player which call, was called core db and oh yeah Tembo. I know they want Tembo, they renamed. Mm -hmm. I know they want to open source everything. So I would keep but an eye on... They don't have much yet, right? They don't have anything we can right. use Right, but I would keep an eye on this co company as mm -hmm. well. But probably they will release some good solution which you can use uh, on your machines even if it's not cloud. So How do you know they won't go with Kubernetes or Kubernetes? Oh, I don't know actually. Maybe it's Kubernetes, but I, maybe not. Actually, good question. I don't know. I just... Talking to them, I just know they, they share this philosophy that mm -hmm. open source should have some new cycle of development because we see many companies who already became quite popular, they move away from open source, sadly. And HashiCorp is just a new example here 
Before that, we had database companies like MongoDB and Elastic. They moved away, like it's like Cloud Wars and so on. But I think this opens opportunities for open source to have better product level, not just features, but like f to feel like a product. Because some open source projects, they have this feeling. You have UI, you have just magic button that handles everything and it's well maintained. So it happens. For example, Ubuntu, right? So we have Linux, good open source project, but Ubuntu is also open source. And it took a lot of time to achieve some level where usability is good. But it's already happening. Ubuntu is already not bad, right? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, right? Like the thing that seems to be driving it is business models. And historically, yeah. the business model that worked around open source, well, the two big ones were support-based, so you could make your business offering support for the system, or companies that it's not their main differentiator collaborated on building a system. So I think those two combined to make Postgres work, right? So companies that need that wanted this and needing this working together and separately support companies built around supporting the system. So that's maybe, a super interesting question. I yeah. agree. I agree. And I'm super curious how Superbase uh, investors feeling because yeah. uh, because they opened everything. They, of course, are champions in growing attention of uh, like, okay, meme style marketing. They're champions here. So people go to their Twitter and uh, listen to them a lot. It's great. So probably they just are okay to open everything, but they know that uh, they are able to drive traffic to their own SaaS, like pass or how to say as a service offering mm -hmm. where they can make money. But also uh, like anyone can run Superbase, it means, right? Including can, Amazon. Right, Superbase 2. Like, this, is, this I don't understand. Probably nobody understands. I don't know. Maybe, this is a super interesting topic, no, less about self-hosted and so on, but it's interesting. True. And um, I'd like, I would like to explore. I decided to open source everything as well. So we just released, we didn't announce, but it's already stamped, Database Lab Engine 3.4. But uh, I planned to switch from AJPL to Apache 2.0 in only in future version 4.0, which still like an alpha, soon will be in beta. So, but this morning we discussed with the team and I d decided that we will announce 3.4 database lab engine, DBLab engine right now. And in a few days we will make 3.5 just to change uh, license, fully, license fully to Apache and we will open source everything. I, I don't know if I fail in terms of business, but I like the openness and I, I like open source. And I know there are peop people who feel the same and uh, would like to see new wave of open source rise. We know this concept like cloud eight open source, but I think things might change. Let's see. Yeah, I just remember we actually had a discussion about this on Postgres TV relatively recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exact conversation. So I'll link that up in the show notes as well. Right. Who knows what will happen, but I have a feeling that right now it feels like open source is losing to clouds and companies move away from open source. But uh, this might be just a sign that we will have a new wave of open source in the future. Because believers, uh, like some people, like I, I'm, I'm going to be believer in open source as well. Like I, can, I want to bet on open source fully. I think they will develop good UIs, you know, good automation, everything. 
they do they will do just because they want like you know i want to live in the world where code as knowledge is shared freely i think we deserve this world not like companies who like hide everything so code well, should be shared i have to disagree a bit being a, a provider of a closed source tool but i think there's something to be said for platforms that are open being very 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 valuable and if we can collaborate on the what's in the middle what's the platform that's serving a lot of these things uh, everyone can build on top of that whether that's open source closed source and people choose how which which components they want i understand the purest thing but i do think there's a separate argument here that's not inherently let's, bad let's discuss it another time because, sure sounds good uh, yeah Thank you, Nikolai. Thanks, everyone. And Thank you. Catch you next week. Thanks to our listeners. Don't forget to share with your colleagues and friends who work with Postgres. Uh, and please provide some feedback and likes as well, especially on, I don't know, like on YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, everywhere you can see our podcast. Please support us. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.